Hi guys. Hey. Hey. Hello. Been a while. Been a while. Been a while. I yeah. For that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you need to. It's not been that long. Uh. But it but... does perfectly illustrate what happens when people are isolated for too long. This yeah. is true. This is you, true. You get stuck in your own narrations. In your, your own, own bullshit. Your own bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a better way. Your to own stained bullshit. Uh, <laughs> is that a stained yeah. song? Who the hell is. knows or cares? Yeah, it's stained. I'm sure I could look it up on the Googler, but I can't be bothered. So. Yeah, if you look it up, then you'll know, and then also it'll think that you like that, and it'll tell you more about stained. It'll target add a bunch <laughs> of stained shirts We've already said too much about what we don't want to talk about in too little. We're about. talking about stained today, y'all. That's <laughs> <laughs> no. stained been... without an E. Yeah, right. Misspelled, which probably also doesn't have an E. No, no, we're talking about quarantine and the long-term effects of thereof, um, including but not limited to paranoia, more paranoia, mistrust, um, I don't know. What killing else? your family with an axe? Killing your family yeah. with an axe, um, yeah. That's not specific to me, I'm just saying that, um, yeah. we've We've all been in this for a while now, um, this whole... Uh, all this, all these shenanigans, you know. So, uh, figure it's about time to start talking about it. And, uh, you know, through the only lens we know how and feel comfortable discussing is through movies. So, we talked about doing this one back in, I think, April. And mm-hmm. it was just too soon and raw. And mm-hmm. everybody felt weird. And now yeah. I think we're all just used to it because this is the new normal. And it's terrifying how humans can adjust. And also, we're not exactly talking about the pandemic flavors of it. We're talking more about the right. psychological more, isolation. Yeah, more the effects. Yeah. Uh, right. Welcome to Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Yes. Quarantine-isode. Quarantine-isode. So, per protocol, Jeff, what you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Boulevard's original pale ale, which... Uh, uh, I don't have anything about isolation. There it is. There we go. Uh, yeah. yeah. Feels, feels now good. it's a party. Yeah. Ira? Uh, what am I drinking? Uh, Seattle Cider Company Dry Hard Cider. Wait, hold on. Little, damn it. Ah, wait. There we go. Yeah, there we go. I thought we were going to hear glass breaking. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn it. Shit, ow. Fuck. I'm bleeding out. <laughs> Leland, what are you drinking? Um, I am drinking a Boonshine Subtropic Pale Ale, local and locale. Mm. Which I'm not actually mm. drinking because not it's locale. locale. I'm drinking because it has a Hellbender on it. Is that a wait? Is a Hellbender? Don't tell me. That's some kind of animal. Yes. Is that a? Oh, is that like a salamander? It is excellent. Woo. I almost didn't know that it was a salamander. And I it was is, it is a, a two-foot-long salamander, also known as a snot otter. God damn. Is, uh, Why are we talking about that today? That's amazing. Um, snot, you, can, snot otter. you can confer with anyone. I talk about them constantly. Mm. Yeah. Right, so, uh, so is that a local being? Yes, yes. This is How the did largest. I grow up there and never hear about a snot otter. I feel pretty robbed. Thanks a lot, Tennessee fucking education. 
that was specific <laughs> about Tennessee. There's one class about Tennessee history I feel like I should have learned about snot otters. I think it is fair for me to point out I do not live in Tennessee. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> did you not know that I didn't live in Tennessee? You live in the corner, East Tennessee, North Carolina. Wait, are snot otters, do they live in Tennessee? Yeah, are they not in Tennessee? I, they're very endangered. And they're in the mountains and just usually higher elevation than where we grew up. Uh, somewhere in West Tennessee, there have been multiple reports of alligators, like Tennessee somewhat the, in the wild. So, you know, fingers Tennessee crossed, you know, has, uh, cunt otters. <laughs> has, has what? <laughs> Nothing. Edit point. <laughs> no, no, that's you, staying in. If you said what <laughs> I thought you <laughs> said. Just saying it's slightly different. <laughs> Wow. Uh, anyway, it's good so, to be back it, in the cast. It's good to I, be cast again. As part of my isolation, I have actually spent a lot of time outside, and it's become my obsession to find some eastern hellbenders in the wild and photograph them. I have, to this point, been unsuccessful. Only Man, a little salty that's about be it. Sick if you find one, though. Right. I, I go out with my underwater camera, and sometimes I go out with like. A snorkel and shit. That's it's cool as shit. It's sad. Yeah. No, it's amazing. That's awesome. If you did it at night, that's when I'd be like, you call me up, you'd be like, Jeff, we're going, we're finding the snot otter tonight. God damn it. I, I got, just read I an article this back. morning. <laughs> I read an article just this morning about how they hunt at night and it's actually a better time to see them. Hell yeah, it is. That's when yeah. you see all the things that are called things derivative of snot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the snot owls and snot foxes. Yeah. Snot the snot dogs. dogs. The snoxes. Anyway, again... What are we even talking about today? What isolation has done to all of us. So we so were talking about movies, about isolation, and specifically, we are teeing off with 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one that sort of launched the conversation. We were talking about... Oh man, we've been stuck in the bunker with right. co- because of the COVID. COVID we've been in the bunker. bunker, the Rona. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then uh, and then Lilo's like, I've never heard of a bunker. <laughs> and I was like, Well, there's a movie that has one in it. You should you should watch. That was how it went down. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I do want to point out I have heard of a bunker, just not the specific bunker to which you were referring. That's not how I remember it, but okay. <laughs> So, Leela, how did you enjoy the movie, yeah. did first you, off? Did you like it at all? Did you enjoy it? Did you hate it? I really enjoyed the first, like, 95% of it. Oh, you're uh, one of those. Interesting. Um, and then they were kind of like, let's let this every main character suddenly be Rambo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And until that, and they kind of lost me there, because I was cool with, like, spoilers. I was cool with her dying. Because she would have. Like, absolutely. And I think it would have been still satisfying enough for me to be like, oh, shit, he was right. Look, an alien. You know. So your problem wasn't with the aliens. It was that she was awesome. It was, she was too awesome. And she right. was, she had no I agree fear. With that. Was, yeah. And I it would have been cool like, if she'd just been fucking obliterated. <laughs> oh because that's what would have happened. Like, really. She made this Molotov cocktail out of the booze that happened to be in the car. She happened to have perfect aim and throw it into the thing, and the alien didn't happen to kill Blah, 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 blah. It was just, it got too sci-fi after being a really solid isolation mindfuck of a movie. 
it did feel like two different movies just kind of jammed together. together. Okay. Right. So, yeah, my... But I okay. liked it, though. My thing a little bit on that is, like, I feel like they've been like, okay, we've made this person suffer long enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's like, she will overcome all these things that were maybe a metaphor for what she was dealing with earlier. Uh-huh. But uh, I agree with you, too. Like, it, it would have been, like, Okay. I get it, but like, let her overcome like one thing. Yeah, or like, just like, or just if she had done <laughs> the Molotov cocktail thing with the one alien that was stalking her, fine. But she took out like an alien cargo ship. It turned into Independence Day. It did. It got Independence Day real fast, and so I mean, she was great. And besides that scene, which I mean, it was fine, whatever. Um, it was an <laughs> incredible movie because john goodman oh my god Mwah, so good they're all good in that oh yeah. and just emmett and it, the the cast was just fabulous but a little bit to the spoiler point that you were talking about um like that's sort of what we were thinking we were like the idea of like a small group of people two's okay but you really need three or more and then Three's also the element of don't open don't open that door. Stop it. Don't open that door. Like when you don't know what's outside of that door. And that is an intriguing and, and like it's something that's in other films and stuff. So. And the end fighting has begun. Like yes. it should be enough that you're all humans and you're trying to survive. Mm-hmm. But that isn't what happens. And until the current times... I would have thought that that was a dumb trope and that I hate it in movies, but now I'm like, oh, people really are like that. Yeah, those movies oh, they're actually like, predict a lot of things. If I can't see the threat, it's fine, so let me outside. Right. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Can't see yes. a virus, so... Mur, mur, mur. You mentioned... Oh, so, wear a mask. You mentioned mm-hmm. the... Uh, I think, Ira, you mentioned The Mist. Yes, bit, I wanted to mention that. Which is another one with, <laughs> with an iffy ending <laughs> that kind of swings hard in the other direction. <laughs> I love uh, the ending of that. I actually yeah. really can't stand the ending of that. But uh, this is kind of interesting, Ira. Mm-hmm. That, that, like, you know, what endings you like versus what endings I like. The reason I, real quick, the reason I didn't like that ending and wait, that wait, explain it real quick. In the mist. Yeah, we'll explain the plot of the explain movie. Explain it for ending. people we who have to fully spoil it. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So, well, okay. I'm just gonna back it up real quick, and I, I promise I will wrap it up with my dislike of the ending um so the mist is uh, based on a stephen king novella where wherein there's this really bad storm that hits a small town in maine and the next day this dad and his young son go into town to get supplies for repair and they go to this small grocery store and while they're there with a couple of other townsfolk there to get uh stuff to rebuild their own homes um a man runs screaming through the town yelling about a mist and saying there's something in the mist and sure enough there's this big heavy mist that rolls into town and in they all are scared and freaked out and then like at one point he sees something that the main group doesn't him and a few other men see tentacles that take a young guy um uh, I saw that one too. Oh, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was making a gross joke. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, uh, tentacles come and take a young guy uh, in the back. 
Um, yep. That's the one that's, I saw. That's where they get him. Yeah, you know, it's it, you know, it's so typical they hold up internet. In a grocery store. They hold up, and but basically, what interests me specifically about the similarity between this movie and Ten Cloverfield Lane and The Mist, there's a, a large contingency of people inside the grocery store who don't believe there's anything out there right. and believe that, and they're they're referred to in the story and maybe in the movie, I'm not sure, as the flat earthers. Um, which uh in our present society is especially on the nose um they're basically the ones who deny that there is any possibility of a threat and they just want to walk outside um uh the i think a large part especially the early tension uh intention uh in 10 cloverfield lane through maybe the first i don't know quarter third um is is something really there? Is there really a threat? Or is he just a crazy guy who has abducted her and taking her against her will? Right. Um, and we don't know. She doesn't know. We know as much as she knows, which is that she was uh, she was in a car wreck and she woke up in a bunker. like Chained um, to the wall. Chained to the wall. And he's telling her this story about how there was an attack. There, He doesn't know the specifics of it. I think what's interesting about these two examples is that we aren't given a lot of information uh, or we're, we're not given a lot of information in 10 cloverfield lane and we also understand that the people in the mist we understand why they wouldn't believe that there are tentacles and monsters coming out of the mist and eating yeah. people it's ridiculous so there's like plausible deniability and it comes down to this question of who do you trust yeah who so, do you trust and also uh do you really like if you're if you think of yourself as some sort of altruistic person do you follow that those sort of questions come into come in come into play yeah and i know that this is like do you i'm just going people are ultimately good <laughs> I, I'm just, i'll just make it a little more complicated here uh have y'all seen take shelter mhm i've Lila, yeah it, with Michael Shannon, it is really good. Um, there's but it, not. It lives on that edge pretty much it, the entire movie. It's that whole like he. It's basically about a man who is like having these pro, like like dreams every night. He's plagued by these visions of some sort of like event that's going to happen, and it's sort of implied that it's kind of zombie like in nature, but you you don't really know. He begins um, building. And he like begins a building a shelter, like a like a bomb shelter or a tornado shelter. And he's obsessed with it. And he's obsessed with the end that is coming. Like this, he's obsessed with this storm that's going to come and kill everybody. And in his obsession, he's like coming apart. So I don't know. Like, uh, I think what interests me about the, like, this theme of... But to the ending of The Mist, why didn't you like Yes. Me? Right, 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 right. So um, you promised us, I, I promised you to tell you why I didn't you like. You start it, talking about Jaws, I'm gonna jump. Oh, oh man, I'm getting there. I'm I getting know. there. Um, <laughs> isolated on a boat. They are isolated on a boat. Thank you. They don't um, know what's on the other side of the door. In the, the door, the, the water. <laughs> the the reason I didn't like the ending of the the mist uh, by the movie by Frank Darabont was that uh, I don't like that they imply that that it's over. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb. With the mist sort of receding and the 
army rolling in, it's almost like the the alien threat. Oh, has so you didn't like it because it was a macabre ending. You. I didn't like it because it wasn't macabre enough. I could give you a shit. You didn't like it because the whole world wasn't fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly it. the The ending where he where they drive and they see the giant thing walk overhead. That's where I think it probably should have ended. I know it's not really an ending, but um, it's more it's more in the line of like there's nowhere to go, there's nowhere safe. Um, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I respect that the ending in the movie is like an actual ending, whereas the story doesn't really have one, but I, I mean, prefer that. I feel like the formula of these goes into, like, uh, they have to have, or for the most part, they choose to give you some kind of an answer. Like, mm-hmm. even if it's like, a, it really does feel like a roll of the dice sometimes in terms of, like, uh, turns out it was nothing, turns out it was something, turns out it was something and you reacted the right way turns out it was nothing and you reacted the the stupidest way <laughs> like mm, mm-hmm. uh, and these are the the sort of draw of the movies and the tantalizing nature of like will you get what's going on before the other characters do and almost like a whodunit scenario will you be able to guess and put That's together the right factors like intuition and keeping right. a level head is really important in yeah. these stories and and then picking apart everybody's decisions. And then, you know, sometimes ultimately those decisions not really mattering. Like that's like at the end of the day, the thing was so big that it was going to do whatever it was going to do anyway. Sort uh, of like Ben in Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it, Night of the Living Dead is a great example of this because it's such in the you know pantheon of horror movies that you forget. That's the same sort of like it it sort of follows the same formula. I mean, it's a little bit true that, you know, the zombies outside, but at no point do they give you an origin for them. So mm-hmm. in that way, they have no like finality. They, you know, the end of the movie really could be like, Oh, they were all hallucinating or, you know, it was like, you know, a gaseous cloud or, you know, they've all... they, yeah, they do have, they do give the, the origin, but not when it might go away. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's no, yeah. Good given it's a comet but it's still yeah it's a comet but it's still like the uh it's a satellite return from venus right i thought it was a comet it's a it it doesn't matter as much (laughs) sorry i'll cut that part out because it makes me sound like a dumbass no 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 it's more the like uh the interplay and the politics that happened because of the unknown uh right it's really more about the human (laughs) element there like, Sorry, Leela. I was trying to be like, no idiot. It wasn't a comet. It was a satellite from Venus. Duh. That's what made zombies. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Totally who's just well actually me. <laughs> I'm no. I'm sorry. It's just I honestly I, don't. Either is a ridiculous answer for why the dead would rise, but oh, that is true. Um, that was my point. Um, but no, yeah. Uh, what y'all were saying a second ago. It, yeah, it's how the group responds. Um, and I know we talked about this in our zombie episode. And how it sort of plays out like a political spectrum on a smaller scale and what sort of decisions are made. Did you guys uh, notice any other? I had a few other movies and things that I felt like uh, this happened a little bit in. There was one that I really thought of. There's an episode of The Twilight Zone called Four Players in Search of an Exit. I love that one. Mm -hmm. Yes. Have you seen that one? 
Uh, not in a long time. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a great episode, and I hate to really spoil it. So, I mean, it's because it's one of those things where the twist does matter. Uh, <laughs> but so if you haven't, you know, seen it and you do care about these kind of things, you should go watch it. But I'm spoiling it right now. So Damn it's... It. <laughs> oh, have you? Well, so it, it's these... Uh, it's like a general, a ballerina, a clown. It's all these, like, archetypal people. And they wake up in this room... And they do not know why they're there, and they just start arguing and sort of devolving. And it's it's uh, these four characters, and they just uh, start. who's the fourth one? I can't remember. Can you? Uh, I'm pretty sure it is an insurance claim agent. No, I don't think that's it. <laughs> uh, I'm really shit. impressed with the amount of prep that we've done. <laughs> hey, um, still a good episode. It's it's a, a yeah, but well no, that wasn't this, funny enough. The, to the entire thing is uh, confounding the whole time, and and all the points they all bring up and like where they came from are all good things, and then it it turns out they're like marionettes inside like a a street performer's little like uh, busker bag. Well, but, actually, Jeff, um, it's uh, that they're toys for <laughs> around Christmas time at a donation bin. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's right. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Well, I Because no they keep hearing this bell, this <laughs> bell that keeps chiming. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just the well actually guy tonight. You really are. <laughs> You're good at it. Hey, you got to I have to lean it. I have to bring something to this. Yeah, but Jeff, your point really stands. It's a great episode about confusion and doubt and like worry and it's actually a like as far as uh twilight zone episodes it's really great because it's very existentialist it's very like what are we like we they don't have any memories to be the thing that we are yeah and ultimately it's like it doesn't matter yeah but you are like uh you're just this pawn so it has like kind of a fun fun sort of yeah laughing in the face of some existential question and it did remind me a bit of um, Cube. Um, you know, that these specific characters. episode or this thing? That specific episode, yeah. It's like they're thrust into a place where there's no obvious exit or uh, like they, they don't understand what they're supposed to be doing there. They fit an archetype. Uh, yeah, oh, and I found out later that every character, like you only learn their last names, but all their last names are named after uh, um, prisons, like famous prisons right Leavenworth. Um, yeah I remember um that one in cube they're all uh, uh it's sort of a parable for prison systems uh yeah yeah but also i mean they all fit a uh, archetype in terms of like uh there's a soldier the different thing like similarly to uh what's the comedy one cabin in the woods oh cabin like, in the woods like the, oh, they, I, I, com- I completely forgot about that in this context they're sort oh, of yeah. in, they're in a puzzle box. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're uh, they each have a role in it. Yeah, and then you have the person watching them. Yeah, I think uh, tying all these things together is like a heavy theme of paranoia. Right. Um. And and to take it back to Ten Cloverfield Lane, I think that the bunker itself, like the bomb shelter itself, is almost a, it's almost like a character itself at this point in cinema. Yeah. Um, right. Oh yeah. We we know what it represents because we know what sort of person would have 
a bomb shelter. I'm not trying to cast judgment against anyone who has one, but... A crazy um, prepper like John Goodman. A crazy prepper, yeah, sure. And how that's, like, a very much a leftover from, like, Cold War paranoia. And I think that's something that, like, Cabin in the Woods, the, the government facility, very much implies. Okay, let, let's take it back to uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane and, like, uh, Lilo, wait, what, what else is on your mind about it? Do you well, have thoughts? one very, very specific thing. Yes. Um, actually, it, it will probably, like, change the whole trajectory of our conversation here, so. Yay! It's all <laughs> over the place anyway. Woohoo! All right, so, the score is done by Bear McCreary. Oh, yeah. Who I love, Bear McCreary. What else did he do? Oh, everything. Walking Dead theme? Uh, he did Walking Dead, he did Battlestar Galactica, Black Sails, Outlander, God of War. Fuck a doodle. Yeah, yeah what did that do you, do you for? Okay. He's, he's up he, he gets the uh, job in my book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bear actually McCreary. did our theme uh, for did this what? show. Uh, for the the Lock, Shock, and Barrel theme. Yeah. He did, he did. the LSB theme. Yeah. Yes. I'm gonna, That's why I'll, it's so epic. I'm going to tweet at him and ask him. <laughs> um, he's also really cool, like a cool person on Twitter and just is... Uh, Got a crush on Bear McCreary. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so what I'm about to say is not going to make you think I don't. Okay. <laughs> but I, I don't, or I've never, like, considered it. I just really like his work. Okay. However, from the very beginning, I knew this movie was about death and destruction. Yeah. Why? Why, Why did I know that? Because the very beginning theme of this movie is the Dies Irae. What is that? Exactly. The Dies Irae is a medieval poem in Gregorian chant that was the funeral liturgy and it translates to the day of wrath and doom impending heaven and earth in ashes ending and it's and it is the theme to every horror movie it's the theme to the shining it's Mm. in it's in the lion king when his dad dies it's in it's the whole theme of Sweeney Todd Hmm. Wars. When he comes back and his and his uncle and aunt are dead, and it was it opens this movie. And gotcha. I was like, cool. So it clued you in immediately. It, what is it, it called again? Sorry. It's called the Diazire. Um, I will put it in. The, but there are lots of breakdowns of it on YouTube that that are so smart and musical. Um, and it's specifically the one about Sweeney Todd. How different characters have different versions of it like where it flips up upside down or only take two notes from it or something like that and that's how you could tell what their storyline is <laughs> and that the characters who have that in their theme it it generally means death but it is the theme to the shining think about the opening yeah yeah overhead in the shining that's exactly what it is so i i picked up on that immediately and was like aha i know we're going with this that's really cool that uh, something like that could immediately set the the tone and the cue for themes of like the apocalypse and you know impending yeah. mass destruction. Right. Um, cool. And, but it's in like I don't know thirty forty movies. So that that was really something I, I liked. I liked that thoughty sort of thematic thing. And then just the whole score of that movie is 
is amazing and it adds so much to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On top oh. of that, they have the one. What song did they repeat? I think we're alone now. I think. We're yeah. Alone. <laughs> oh God! And if you that. if you break down the lyrics, it's children yeah. behave. Yeah. Uh, Which yeah. he keeps uh, saying. Oh God. Yeah, he kept trying to like step into this role of being like this authoritarian parent, but also like regarding her, like infantilizing her. Right. Oh um, yeah. I do think it's interesting that you know he's like he's given her a modicum of privacy with the rubber ducky uh, shower curtain, and what that is play with the rubber ducky shower curtain suit be though. So, uh, how cool would it be? Oh, very. That'd be yeah. great cosplay. That that. <laughs> That would be pretty pretty <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it's it it's a a theme of infantilization, but then it becomes like her salvation. Um, I do like that there are themes of that throughout the film. Um, like yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Like the bottle that she uses to make the Molotov is the last thing she takes from her apartment uh, after she breaks up with her boyfriend, who, according to IMDb, was voiced by, by Bradley Whitford. Can you believe that? Uh-huh. I yeah. Um, anyway, so you you get the the feeling like she's broken up with this guy and then she's going to go get shit house somewhere, probably in a hotel, because that's what you do after a breakup. But rather than like drinking it, she uses it to make a weapon to literally like kill like her demons and the symbol. At that point, it's almost like you get the idea she's already escaped one abusive relationship with a man. She's fallen right back into the trap of being in another abusive relationship with Howard, where he's literally abducted her and is, like, gaslighting her and all this shit. And then in the very end, it's like she's destroying this monster, which is symbolic of them both, I think. Yeah, it kinda, it's an interesting way to contextualize the bunker paranoia towards some people have to live with this in a non-apocalyptic way. <laughs> like... Yeah. Uh, how, Howard, how does how does this apply to your life? <laughs> Howard was uh, a really interesting character in that way because thing is, like at the beginning, you don't trust him, and then somewhere in the middle, you start to trust him again, and then towards the end, you don't trust him at all. <laughs> like, yeah, um, he's like he a good, around. he's a very complicated uh, villain um, and complicated character, and I really liked him. Hey, I like that. Big Dan Teague is like that. <laughs> <laughs> to court. <laughs> Emmett is nothing but the frog. I will show you the life of the mind. I will show you the life of the mind. Just straight up John Goodman episode. Just John. Just oh, all about John Goodman. Good. John Goodman all the time. Yeah. Um. All good, man. Well, he had a really good line. I thought about survival. Like he had a really good point about you people don't give a shit about actually surviving it's like you wear seat belts but you don't i can't remember the exact line um right you remember what i'm talking about where he's yes. basically like uh, no one in no 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 one in like common civilian society understands what's at stake and how close we all are to danger all the time and no one takes the proper measures and i think he actually does have a point about that however he has become completely wrapped up in it. His mind has been completely, like, I think, broken by the idea of survival. And the movie, I think, does imply, like, a more or less linear thought of, like, yeah, so, like, he he has, he's obsessed with this whole survival bunker thing, and then also 
uh, he's he's moved on to abduction um, and murder and murder, and he's done it before, and he'll do it again. Right. So. And I like movies like this too because it made you think. I mean, until the point where it didn't make you think that anymore. You were like, so is Emmett somehow in on this? Like, what's going I, on? Yeah, yeah, you didn't what know what to think of him for a while. Listen, is it, is he entrapped as well? Right. Uh, and like, just how um, that early dinner scene where they're all hanging out and she like sort of fucks with Howard by sort of flirting with Emmett and he immediately picks up on it and he's like, what and are you doing? Yeah. God, it, it's so awful and well performed. <laughs> Did you notice that after he kills Emmett, he shaves? Yes, yes. So, uh, something about that is so creepy. And he brings her ice cream. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a Today interview where John Goodman <laughs> quote is quoted saying, I turned down my actual creepiness level to perform in 10 Cloverfield. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like that because I feel like he's just fucking with the Today show. <laughs> yeah. Or he's so, being honest, and I respect both answers. Right. So what are some other movies? This theme. Like, what's. Before we completely move away, there's one last thing I wanted to oh, mention. Oh, okay. And it, and it is about the alien ending. Okay. Um, well, actually, what is it? It's well, not actually. well, actually. It's just, <laughs> hey, I'm a nerd and I have a lot to say about this thing. But anyway, well, actually, uh, so it's when she's running across the field towards the house and the house looks like it's lit up. And she's screaming like, hey, help, help. You know, she's running from the monster. Do you remember that scene I'm talking about? Yeah, and then it's actually lit up by the spaceship. It's lit up from behind, a la Close Encounters style. You know, it's like, I don't know, like, that for me felt um, almost on an emotional level, like, like she's running towards the idea of home, but the threat is actually hiding behind it. It's hiding as a house. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe it's a little out there. Maybe it's just, like... I'm reading into it too much. Uh, I tend to do that. But, I don't know, something about it to me was just, like, this whole, like, story is, like, they try to make a home together, and, you know, it sort of seems like it might work for a little while, and then it becomes obvious that they're prisoners and that there's a lot of ulterior motives going on. This idea of, like, a home being a disguise. The bunker, as much as they try to disguise it as a home, it's still a fucking prison. Yeah, other movies. Let's move on. I think that's Unless a, anybody a else has thought. I like the high thoughts, you know, that come. <laughs> I, I wasn't high when I thought of that. No, no, but... no. I mean, I call them that just because they read sometimes <laughs> just... when you, when you yeah. talk, talk about them later. But it's also like, I don't know. Do you mean me specifically or just? Yeah, like... just with you. Just with that's, you. No. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. No. no I was I, I high have... when I watched it the first time in theaters. So People ask me if I'm high all the time. <laughs> um. But yeah, moving on, moving on. Uh, other movies like this, yeah, you mentioned Take Shelter. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought of Kimmy Schmidt, just because Kimmy Schmidt is oh, yeah. a com- comedy. Damn you, Kimmy plays, Schmidt! <laughs> that plays it from the angle of they oh. are in the position of not knowing if there's anything out there and really believing the world is ending, but ended, but it hasn't, and 
everyone, including the viewer, is invited to laugh at them for this, which no other thing does. Everything else has, like, tries to help you see it from their perspective. <laughs> but it's also a good, you know, parable, parable for uh, feminism and being, you know, kept in this, like, patriarchal way. So... I, I like that show also. So uh, hey, Ira. Yeah. Uh, just to move back, I I did I on the back of this paper scribbled, even the most comfortable prison is still a prison, which is a quote from Captain Picard. Yeah. Just, nice. That's yeah. what's up. That's, that's what I'm up. talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. No, that I I think that's kind of at the heart of of this this film, you know, and the real like gaslighting patriarchal terror that is howard yep Yep, yep. so yeah jeff kimmy schmidt just (laughs) (laughs) what i love about this show is uh is john ham that's his name right yes he plays the reverend like that he's so obviously a shit and that he's like and everyone gives him a pass like the way in which people give him a pass in the show is it just a slight exaggeration of ma- a white male privilege mm-hmm. like it's very slight but it's also like uh just enough to make the whole thing really kick off in a in a like believable funhouse mirror sort of way i actually go- haven't seen much Kimmy Schmidt. Well, uh, they go in into the plot line. Like, I mean, she's pulled out of a bunker uh, and, you know, was in John Hamm's cult. And he's the reverend in that cult in Dernsville, Indiana. <laughs> like, they just, so they just, like, pick a made-up, you know, ter- town and, like, really dig into how, you know, everyone is kind of dumb in this town and will believe anything. And And even after they're freed, the reverend manages to have a trial and like have like try to exonerate himself and call into question whether or not they tricked him by being women or <laughs> like <laughs> like it just go like it, it takes it to a point of like there's no way you know this guy is obviously a piece of shit could get back to get his freedom again it's it's pretty funny and also and doesn't in ways doesn't pull punches so i don't know it, well, that's that's kind of the amazing thing about comedy is that it can go in these kind of insane directions that, you know, and I didn't actually realize that Kimmy Schmidt, that it had gone that far mm-hmm. in exploring uh, that aspect. Yeah, that's just the other, maybe another one. Bunker, you know, bunker related one that I thought of. Cube, um, you mentioned. Cube was a good one. Uh, the Road actually also has a bunker scene. <laughs> right. That, I remember that being like the kind of soft respite of the film. It's like that's where they. I'm just just kind of like, why don't you all just live in that bunker? Well, the, <laughs> the the irony of the situation there is they do live in a post-apocalyptic landscape, and the bunker functions as a thing that they get to go and see, like a time capsule of the life the way it used to be, and eat chocolate and have things mm. that that. But the guy who owned or whoever owned the bunker, they're dead and never got to use it. <laughs> like, right. So. So it's also like putting its, you know, thumb thumb up at the at the idea of like hoarding, I think. But well, uh, I'll see your uh, bunker as a time capsule of the world of old and I'll raise you a bunker that has preserved part of humanity, which has then mutated to something awful and strange. (laughs) 
uh, to be later discovered by someone from the outside. Are you talking Westworld? I'm talking a boy and his dog. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, me. I mean, I you know, that. just like shit's crazy topside, but shit's even weirder down right. below. You know? They go into the bunker and it's all And it's like, like it's 1935 Topeka, Kansas all the time. And we ha- yeah. we got robot farmhands and it's fucking crazy. Anyway, like, and I only bring that up as like, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Um, yeah, I've you, seen You've it. heard this trope. You're familiar with this trope. Like a time capsule that has like sort of gone insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why I thought you were mentioning it because, like, but, I thought of Westworld because there is that same a similar plot line. Doesn't it sort of take place right now? A How do you mean? Dog? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isn't it supposed to be like in the twenty twenties? Mm, I have I not seen it in a long time. Probably, yeah. It's like in the distant world of nineteen ninety two. Or whatever it is. Yeah, no, and and I wasn't bringing that up as a specific film, just more as a general trope. The idea of trying to create some sort of safety, mm-hmm. safe space, and then it turns into the, like, that's the actual horror how... That, that's usually what happens, like, usually when they find the, the bomb shelter utopias uh, in these post-apocalyptic worlds, like, yeah, it's fine, come on in, you know it's not, you know it's not gonna be right. fine. It's Chris like Eccleston, the... we don't trust you at all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And your rotten eggs that you're making us eat? No. And there's, I think, uh, Walking Dead has a similar. Oh uh, yeah, terminus. they all do. Just do thing. that over and over in Walking Dead. I <laughs> yeah. mean, because they're <laughs> the villains. They're is, the yeah. fucking villains of the show. <laughs> and they go they around are, and no, they, they disrupt every the single Walking society. Dead. Yes. Yeah. I will see Boy and His Dog with what you thought was the safe bunker not being the safe bunker, and I will raise you. What you mm. thought was the safe bunker not being the safe bunker because you could still hear the pathogen from outside in Ottawa, Canada. God damn I it. Are crazy. you fucking mentioning Pontypool to me right now? Are you fucking bringing up Pontypool for reals? Are you it doing fits, this to me? It fits the theme. Ah, it does. <laughs> I acknowledge that it does. I haven't seen it because somebody told me it wasn't good. <laughs> you... I said it was good every show we've done. You monster. Have I you just seen not. It, oh yeah, it's totally it's like a turd. A it's a turd on a stick. It's an A for concept and a C minus for uh C minus. It's it's a... watching the same movie here. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna back <laughs> off. I'm gonna back off. I feel like I'm gonna have to watch this eventually. Yeah. It, it, maybe that's what annoyed me so much is the discrepancy between a good concept and a turd movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is like. Big... Okay. That really hurts me when it's, it's like, oh, that's actually... when you ruin a great idea. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Leela, I'm actually happy you mentioned this turd because now we can like bring <laughs> it back around to the idea of like true isolation and quarantine because in that they have to be really careful because the viral in- in- infection is spread through words and specific like spoken phrases, which I think is a really cool idea um because you know they work uh, it it all takes place at a uh, uh, at a radio station. Radio station, yeah. They it. I think that is a really good metaphor for information, dis- like uh, how we disseminate information, how like how what we put out into the ether can be really helpful or really destructive and dangerous. I think that's a really cool idea. I just wish they'd done a better idea, a better job at executing that. That's fair. Yeah. And no, it's also just... poignant for the era that we live in. Yeah. 
Exactly. That, because there's, you know, and to bring it back to quarantine, like, that's a very, that's the other aspect of isolation. It's like, one end of this thing uh, is you're trying to protect yourself from a dangerous outside world, but then the other end of it is you yourself are contagious and could harm the rest of the population and you need to be isolated either with your consent or without so in that vein the ruins uh i was going that was on my list for sure yep yeah uh, girl. i haven't seen it because <sighs> i know um, i need to is it on netflix i actually haven't seen it either i've read it but i haven't seen it right and the book and the movie are very similar i i wouldn't i'd say they're sort of neck and neck with which is better Mm-hmm. Most of these take place somewhere that feels isolated, like in a house, in a bunker, in space. There's a lot of in space movies. Yeah, or like yeah. in the snow. Like that's a big one too. The yeah. Ruins is different because it takes place in a completely open environment. Mm-hmm. And that makes it feel like it's not as isolated. And that also adds a lot of confusion for the characters because yeah. they also feel like. No, we can leave anytime we want, but they can't. Also because they're like, they're tourists and they're like mostly like Western white European. um, And frankly, it's like they seem entitled. Well, they're completely entitled, but they also have no reason to think that they couldn't leave when they've been warned by the natives that they can't. But but there's like also a language barrier, like the natives can't even explain Hey, you it's, can't it's leave made, because of this plan. It's made pretty freaking clear. It's they, made. I mean, it's made clear, but like they initially, go past the border. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that was a, a really heartbreaking story, actually. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a very interesting uh, entry into this. We end up talking about this movie a lot for a movie you guys haven't seen. Yeah. Um, right. I gotta watch it. Yeah, it's it's solid for Halloween viewing, man. Because and I am solidly in the Halloween viewing by now. Oh, it's it's time. It's that's, what I, that's what I like about you, is as soon as it, it is not 100 degrees out, you're like, it's basically Halloween. Jack <laughs> oh, yeah. Lantern's out, y'all. 100% true. I've switched over to all horror um, reading material, started Lovecraft Country, started Dark. Uh, um, I want to watch yeah. Lovecraft Country bed. Oh, it's so good. Um, but... but- Stay on yeah. this subject. It's just different than an isolated feeling environment, like I don't know, like The Abyss, which is one of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. I feel this. like this fits the yeah, yeah, for sure. Because you can't mm-hmm. go anywhere, and you you're don't stuck know with what's these out there. Yeah. Who are, are increasingly crazy, right? Right. Because and it's literally called movie. The Abyss, like the yeah. Nietzsche thing. <laughs> oh, it even has that quote in the beginning. Does it? It does. It's a very ham-fisted film, if you recall. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. I love that movie, too. There's a great documentary ham. about how Cameron basically drove them all insane filming it. I believe oh, it. Yeah. yeah, in these giant holding water tanks in, like, rural South Carolina, where he held them captive, basically, and made them film <laughs> this movie. I heard that... It's crazy. I heard an interview with Ed Harris saying that, like, he was driving home after shooting one day and had to pull over and just cry for, like, like... 15 minutes or something <laughs> wow yeah i believe it i believe it yeah yeah no and you're right because uh the whole quote-unquote greater good theme 
it usually happens in science fiction because science fiction usually deals not just with your immediate survival, which is kind of what horror is about. It usually deals with the concept of the fate of humanity and alien infection and stuff like that. So I have a, a couple movies listed here. Uh, the Thing, of course, it's like, you know, the focus shifts in the beginning from like the survival of the characters in the movie to them realizing like, we can't let, we can't leave. Like right. no one here can leave. It's bigger um, than us. It's it's yeah. bigger than it's much bigger than us. Um, there's a recent movie called Sea Fever. Um, have you heard of it? Uh, like a I think it's an Irish film. Um, it was okay. It was like a a good episode of X Files kind of quality. Focuses on this idea of like there's an organism that transmits through humans, and then like the one scientist on board being like no we can't go back like we we can't we have to wait you know we at least have to maintain quarantine procedure and all that there's a movie called life jake gyllenhaal oh yeah ryan reynolds have you seen it i've not but i want it's on my list i no, actually enjoyed it. it it it's kind of one of those sort of mainstreamy horror sci-fis but uh i thought it was good i thought Lost it was okay a little bit in the preview and they're like look at that thing i'm gonna poke it yeah like no don't poke it you you dumbs. And 28 days later, you find out in the end, spoiler, that England has been quarantined. They quarantined us. Also, uh, Leela, I think you mentioned this before when we were talking about this, uh, uh, doing this episode, but I don't think we've talked about it yet. But Alien, of course. Yeah. Um, I've never seen Alien. I don't think I've ever heard of it. What Sigourney is that? Sigourney Waver? Why are y'all being a bunch of dicks about this? <laughs> no, we've just talked about Alien. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a story about uh, quarantine protocol not observed. What happened to King? Something has attached itself to him. We have to get him to the infirmary right away. What kind of thing? I need a clear definition. An organism. Open the hatch. Wait a minute. If we let it in, the ship could be infected. You know the quarantine procedure. 24 hours for decontamination. It could die in 24 hours. Open the hatch. Listen to me. If we break quarantine, we could all die. Right. Yeah. Um, no. I just thought it was a thing to mention. So, you guys want to play a game? Shall we? Hell yeah. All right. I'm, I'm interested in what you got. All right. All right. So, this is called Isolation. You live, you die, you go crazy. Okay. And I will give you where or how this happens, and you tell me in what movie it happens. Oh, do we... Okay, so do we have to say live, die, or crazy? No, 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 you just have to say what movie. Because in some of these, the people live, and some of them, they die. Some of them, they go crazy. Okay? But at what cost? Okay, go ahead. Okay. You live, you die, you go crazy, and you have to kill a tiger. Life uh, of Pi. Ira. Yep. Never that's, seen it or read it. That's the game. But you know that you have to kill a tiger. I guess. Okay. No one pie. You live, you die, or go crazy because the mermaid is too sexy. Lighthouse. <laughs> uh, I yes. was going to say Captain in the Woods. <laughs> <laughs> that's a merman. <laughs> different, yeah, merman. Different kind of <laughs> ah, you live, you die, you go crazy at a Christmas party. Die hard. Ah, uh, yes. 
Oh, damn. You live, you die, you're crazy in a frozen wasteland with parasites. Oh, the thing. No. Oh, what? Hmm. Oh, it's a trick. Thaw. It's called Ice. It's an episode of The X Files. Oh, <laughs> it was basically the thing. And yeah, deep cuts. Oh. And I'll remind cuts. you all, gentlemen, we are in the Arctic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a penis joke. I love it. You live, you die, or go crazy in your underwear with your cat. And your what? In your underwear. With your cat. With uh, your cat. The Stephen King one. Fuck me. No, we just talked about this literally like 10 seconds ago. Conti pool? <laughs> in your underwear with your cat. It is the final scene. Oh, alien. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, god damn it. I forgot she was in her I underwear. was picturing a man in his tidy whities so I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> you live, you die, or go crazy because Sigourney Weaver. Because of Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yeah. Ghostbusters? No. We just talked about this one, too. You forgot she's in it. You forgot she's in this movie. Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. That was her fuck. You live, you die, you go crazy due to toxic fandoms. Toxic fandoms. Yes. This movie and book properly predicted how toxic fandoms were going to get. Perfect blue. (laughs) Good answer, Jeff. Misery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You live, you die, you go crazy, and lose all your sled dogs in the process. That's great. That one's a thing. Oh. <laughs> you live, you die, you go crazy, but at least you get to dance with Oscar Isaac. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You live, you die, you go crazy, but at least you get to dance with a devil goat in the pale moonlight. The witch. Bam. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the. <laughs> you live, you die, you go crazy because capitalism. Oh, that's so many movies. <laughs> yeah, right. Network. Topical. <laughs> I was on in the dead, but it's not a very good one. So we'll see. Oh, no, yeah. Good if one. it said consumerism, I would have got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you would know, you fucking. Well, actually. <laughs> 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 sorry, I'm sorry. You live, you die, you go crazy. In this movie, based on a book that our grandfather gave me, Hesitantly, because it contained, quote, so much damn harsh language. Uh, I know what book Grandpa gave me. And he gave me a copy of Gerald's game. That's true when you were like 10. Yeah, it yeah. was The Martian. I just laugh every time I see anything about The Martian because I think uh, of Grandpa cursing while talking about how much cursing yeah. was in the book. Right. Well, that, that tracks. You live, you die, you go crazy. In this movie, subtitled, Live or Die on This Day, which should switch titles with Phantom Menace for Movie Where Liam Neeson Dies. The. It has wolves in it. The Gray? Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen it. You live, you die, you go crazy. Yeah. In this ski lift themed movie that everyone lets go because it's about death, not magic. The lift? No. It's called Frozen, and it came out the same year as the Disney movie. Oh. <laughs> I just saw that. Uh, it's about people like... who get stuck on a ski lift. Yeah. yeah I saw a yeah. caption for it, and I was like, fuck them. <laughs> Let it go. All yeah. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have this one as just Ira's favorite movie. Oh, Jaws. People. Yes. 
Ira as possible. I have one, but you guys are sucking it up, and I think it's probably because my questions suck. No. Um, but I'll. I'll this I thought I was bonus. doing good. If you, if you get this one right, you just win. Okay. All right. Remember the remember the category, the title, complete isolation. Right. Mm-hmm. You live, you die, you go crazy with your best friend who is neither King of Prussia or Duke of Lizards and is not, in fact, even alive. Castaway? Yes! What? That was a shot in the dark. What? What is the King of Prussia thing? Because it's all lyrics from a fish song called Wilson. Oh, well. Ira, did you know that? Nope. (laughs) How did you guess it? I had something preloaded. I was gonna sk- scream Castaway no matter what. Oh wow! Are you kidding me? Nope. <laughs> That's that is crazy. That's crazy. Um, I, I, yes, it is. That's very crazy. I'm, uh, but I will I accept like the crown. Not saying who something. <laughs> Somebody ain't who they say they are. That's all I got. Nice. Okay. I like. Th- well, where you can wear your crown of shit on your liar's crown, <laughs> good sir. I will, thank you very much. <laughs> I he actually won anyway. Yeah, yeah. I so knew I was leading. Lord, me. Yeah. I'm a social person. I don't watch isolation movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Pretty good game. Yeah. I think I was just too good. <laughs> A little too rough. Yeah. A little too, yeah. A little too, too. Uh, one honorable mention I had: Assault on Precinct Thirteen. It's an Did isolation you get movie. John Carpenter's dick out of your mouth. I, you know, <laughs> no. <laughs> that man is a legend. I guess so. Um, and it's a great film. Uh, I already mentioned it comes at night. I think you did, yeah. Which I haven't seen. I still need to see that on the list. I, you know, a lot of people didn't like it. I like it. I predict you wouldn't like it, but (laughs) you predict that I would not like it. I don't think so. I don't know. I kind of like was slightly frustrated with it in terms of like, okay, you're waiting for an it. It's not gonna show up. Yeah, it's not gonna show up. But if you're if you want to see how plans can go to shit then mm-hmm. this movie will give it to you in a very visceral way with no answers. <laughs> yeah. It's just a it's just a breakdown of trust. Just mm-hmm. yeah. trust just breaking down before your very fucking eyes. Like that's that's what the movie's all about. It's definitely like a you'd have to be in a you'd have to like kinda want a bunch of people to die and then you watch the movie and you're like, cool. <laughs> I don't know. That, yeah. that sounds great. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, I don't know. I'm not really sure I felt about it. Have you seen it, Right it, at Your Door? No. Oh, never heard of it. Yeah, it's about a dirty bomb attack in L.A. Mm. And it brings, okay. you have to seal off your house. I have heard of that, actually. No, no, I, didn't, I didn't love it. Right. It was very interesting. You loved it. <laughs> no, it just... Mm-hmm. It fits the theme very well, and I was just wondering... Uh, yeah, it, I, I think, okay, just to bring this, bring this thing in for a landing here, um, or, or try to, I think, like, what we're getting at here, 
like to reiterate this point is like this general theme of paranoia. I'm willing to guess that the movie you're talking about was kind of a post 9-11 thing. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is it's a very valid like, you know, I, I think it's interesting we didn't talk about home invasion movies. Because uh, they're not coming in. The stuff's just out there. You're not. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I think it would still count, but that's not really what we're talking about. What we're talking about is something more something more in the zeitgeist. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, just something of this thought about a thing that I, I feel like we all experienced at the beginning of all of this before we really had a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Thread of like bored, bored anxiety. Anxious Mm-mm. boredom. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you can't leave, but you can't be anxious all the time, but you are, but you're also kind of bored, but at any time, some shit could go down. Yeah. And I think that that, as a country, exhausted us so much at the beginning of all this. Yeah. I know I, a lot of my friends and people I've talked to had trouble sleeping. But at the same time, they were like, and but every day is exactly the same. Like, there's nothing to do. But at the same time, I'm not rested. I'm not, you know. And yeah. that's what, you know, they show the whole in 10 Cloverfield Lane of them doing puzzles and playing Just board games. Just killing time. Killing time. Right. <clears throat> because anything that you would wait for would be bad. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, what I thought was kind of interesting about i guess this time period in general uh was i would expect that a lot of isolation would be good for me creatively but i don't think that it was at all like it's you need the it's almost like the coffee shop thing you need other people going about their lives doing their thing so that when you're in that environment you need them to be doing their thing and you need the world to be functioning because Mm -hmm. then you can go off and explore your own creative realms. I don't know. I'd be interested. Like, I've had some good, very good, like, times with nature in this time. But it's more in a, like, the same way. I'm killing time, but I'm going to go into the middle of a forest and do it. Like, and I'm just going to sit here for an hour and try to be peaceful. You're going to go scuba dive and look for snot otters? Because, uh, come on over. Yeah. I might have to. I mean... That sounds like a rager. That sounds amazing to me. Like, I can't <laughs> mm-hmm. think of, like, hunting for bugs at night with a flashlight anyway. I'm there. You but what about a two-foot-long salamander that's exactly. slightly venomous? Right. Well, okay. I'm you jealous, you kind y'all. of unsold me with the slightly venomous part. <laughs> not violent. They're super How like, slight. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm yeah. with you, Jeff. Like, I thought, uh, I, I really, I really thought that by the end of this, I'd be really good at playing the guitar. Or I'd know a fucking language. Uh-huh. Right. Besides this language. <laughs> right, but as you just pointed out, and as was pointed out by two different people to me today, what we've mostly done is all just learn how to say fuck a lot more. Yeah. There's so much cursing. Just everybody. And how to done. how to be relaxed and on edge at the same time. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. I I completely completely agree i mean and on top of that the the anxiety of like i should be doing something better or i should be using this time creatively or wisely or or whatever i'll be Uh, interested to know how this era does actually affect films like mm. in terms of the contemplation you see characters doing on in the film and the you know time 
montage of time, like that kind of thing. Like, like you said, there's you know, like the killing time scenes in these movies now. Uh, is, is like in Dawn of the Dead or uh, Ten well, Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, those scenes are in the movies, but also just like pacing and how like a lot of times if a movie is a slow burn, it gets a pretty big. Uh, there's a less of a popular reception of it. I'm wondering if that will change with people expecting that kind of, uh, you know, depiction. Like, a, just viewing that more as a cinema to veritas. Like, that's actually how life is, you know? Like, uh, slow burn is the is more of a common... I, I, I don't know. Just in general, I'll be interested in... I feel like, I feel like movies also hurt our pandemic response. Because yes. it wasn't a pandemic that yes. was hemorrhagic and really dramatic. One thousand yeah. percent, yes. Um, <laughs> I've no thought about that a lot. Like freaking out and vomiting blood in the streets. And so nobody really took it seriously. When really, we've, we've had like 200,000 people die. That's right. a lot of people dying. But it's not like an outbreak. It's not like in the stand. And so, so it's like it's not enough horror for, yeah. for something. No, like I, I, I do think since our only real and it's it's not just the pandemic. It's uh, you know, our our main touchstones for, yeah, be it disease or revolution or any of that stuff. It's all pretty much movies and pretty much yeah. pop culture, it and is. people yeah. are going to react and respond accordingly. I, I do wonder how much of that stuff has shaped our current <laughs> situation. We watched, uh, like, the, I guess the last season of Westworld had, like, a significant amount of protest scenes in the end of it, and mm. it's just, like, it was filmed before all the shit went down, so it's just, like, oh, man, this just looks phoned in, like, <laughs> like in Ooh. terms of what a real protest looks like. I, I actually have had that thought watching other protest scenes, being, like, man, that doesn't look like much at all, <laughs> like, yeah, and yeah, that, that like stuff used to shock me. That looks like a fucking beach. Yeah, like a beach party. Uh, or also, like, and going back to the mist a little bit, and this sort of time, uh, the idea of depending on you know, and and like you said, Lila, the amount of drum dramatic nature of the viral things, you can believe something going in like it's you know, it's not that big a deal, or it's not, uh, it's it's much smaller than people are making it out to be. And then if it doesn't affect you personally, when we get to the other side of something, you'll come out and that'll be your your version of the truth. You never saw anything. So therefore, everything that you, you know, you'd never and you never wore a mask or you never, you know, any of that stuff. So therefore, you feel completely justified. Some of that right. is into that, like in the mist where they're like, you know, I didn't see anything. Let me go outside that kind of mentality but it never really showed like every in movies those people always get their comeuppance usually or yeah i say always usually <laughs> uh they all they always seem to get their comeuppance there's never the like the monster uh, denier yeah there's never the situation where an ignorant dickhead just go, gets to be an ignorant dickhead in the end of it. yeah like not only like at the very least they see they they have to make a logical reckoning with the yeah. decisions they have made right and in the real world we're not even seeing that 
Right? No, that's no. not going to happen, and you're not yeah. going to get that kind of closure. Like they'll they can probably take that shit to the grave. They they can live their whole lives and be like, yeah, I never really understood what people were so upset about, and yeah, yeah, that is frustrating. <laughs> we'll we'll never get people recognizing why they shouldn't have uh, moved the headstones, but not also moved the bodies. <laughs> no. it's, it's frustrating it's just frustrating yes i think that's a pretty much perfect <laughs> yep yep and we didn't even have to talk about QAnon. oh, oh. <laughs> we can we can still do it no fuck. we'll do know, that maybe, next time tune in y'all maybe there's a different film that helps explain that clusterfuck but, uh, <laughs> Any parting thoughts? I made a sign for my door for my house. I put it yeah. on my house that's like Street Name Academy for Feral Children because that's how long we've been doing this. And I feel like everybody's a little bit feral. Yeah. It's it's interesting to see how a lot of people have coped. Some have really shown their true colors. Um and I'm all for people flying their freak flags. I know I've really flown mine. I think it's really helped me through a lot of this. I think in a lot of ways, isolation can be a good thing. I think self-reflection can be wonderful. I really hope that a lot of people have found and made good use of this time. Like, even though I didn't like learn to play guitar or learn another language or any, or even be creative in the ways I like to be as much, I still feel like I spent the time learning a lot more about myself and how I actually operate outside of just working nine to five and stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, that That's my silver lining kind of hope for the whole thing. Well, you just shot down what I said, which was that we're all feral. It sounds like you've gotten much more civilized. Good uh, I mean, I'm leaning <laughs> into my feralness and being like, you know what? We're all animals. I think you could take it both ways. You can say feral. You could also say we're much more base. We've gotten back to... <laughs> you know, I, that's my hope out, anyway. Zeroing out the scales a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people have gotten fucking crazier, but I think a lot well, of us have chilled out some. Hopefully, I pretty much realized that my truest form is basically oh, like a witch. Yes. Rad. Like Tell me about I am that. constantly surrounded by animals and the forest, and you garden constantly, and, and you, yeah. Yeah, and, and you're you, tending to insects. You hunt down snot lizards, and you hunt down snot otters. <laughs> it's snot just otters, like right? you like, photograph them snot otters. Who knew all this time? I was just like, just, hell yeah, just man! A general witch. You're a yeah. holler witch. That's I'm what's a up. holler witch. I'm yeah, so bummed. I love like, that. Tinctures and spells and shit don't work. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. I'm just a really shitty witch, but you know. I hope this is the age. <laughs> My shit witch sister, what lives up in a holler? <laughs> With her snot otter familiar. That's <laughs> not otter familiar. <laughs> familiar. <laughs> See, we're all learning something about ourselves. I well, learned that I don't care if my neighbors uh, see me sunbathing nude in the backyard. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> you're a witch, too. I'm a witch. Deal with the world. Oh, man. I was in the backyard just yesterday, and I've got this one squirrel who's like, like, I was just sitting there, and he's like, ah, ah, ah. He, like, gets out on this branch, and he just, like, cusses at me. I, I sent him to give you a message. 
Yeah, well, it sounded Witch. like he was pissed off. <laughs> See, that's what I love is like that without all this time to ourselves and spending time in our backyards, you wouldn't have ever known about that shitty squirrel or whatever. <laughs> yeah, he would have just been a dumbass squirrel, but now he's like, yeah, you never would have noticed. Life. Yeah. No, there are so many things I wouldn't have noticed. There's a, a trail that goes right by my house. I've mm-hmm. spent so much time on it. I've seen the whole life cycle of different fungi and things that's um that's awesome i'm really yeah. happy about that yeah yeah i oh. think that's a beautiful thing that is a blessing so yeah i i also am like oh dang i know shit's kind of fucked y'all um but hang in there yeah you know just yep. fucking as as the wilson phillips say hold on for one more day that's, that's right and we're out <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.